You're listening to The Parenting Couch with Sarah Levitt. Little people problems, big people solutions. Hi, Sarah Levitt here and welcome to episode number 10 of The Parenting Couch. I'm pretty excited to have made it to episode number 10, but it's actually been a really easy and fun journey the whole way Everyone's been so accommodating and so ready to have this conversation about what parenting's really like. And I've been so blessed to talk to so many different people from different backgrounds with their own stories and journey of parenting and to share these with me and invite me into their homes. And episode 10's no different in that respect. It's just that the subject is something I feel that we lack understanding about and around and certainly that was me and I wanted to know more and I wanted everyone else to know more and so I'm hoping please share this this around this episode I mean share them all of course but this one because I'm hoping that it will educate people too and allow us to feel more compassion through understanding this is about Caden who's 16 transgender in fact since this interview has had top surgery done and it's such a beautiful story of unconditional love from a mum, from parents. There is a trigger warning, though. Remember, on this episode, um, we do talk about sensitive subjects such as suicide. And, you know, the thing that I take away from it, and I'm sure you will too, is that it's so important that everybody gets to live their truth in this lifetime with their time here on Earth. I won't say too much more except thank you again for tuning in and all the support so far on the parenting couch as we draw in closer to the end of the year 2019. So please enjoy this episode with the beautiful Caden and his mum invited me into their home to share this very vulnerable and raw experience so sit back as I always say and do what you do vacuum I think a lot of people are cleaning when they're listening to the podcasts and enjoy Or what age do you know? It's more when you started thinking sexually. Yeah, older. sexually at people. Yeah, okay. I was like, oh yeah, I like girls. Yeah. So I came out lesbian. Ah, no, so that was the first. step in between. Bisexual that... first. Right. And then I was like, nah. So I came out to mum, I was in tears, mm. thinking she wasn't going to accept me or what she was going to think. I'm like, mum, I'm gay. She was like, and? Like, she didn't really care. Did you know, though, already? I mean, was it a shock? No. Yeah, so... I think in... Being in... Like, being a nurse... Right. Big moment for you, though, to come out and say that, though. Did it feel natural to you to say that you were gay at that point? Because you didn't realise exactly what was going on? Yeah, it did. But it felt really weird saying it, because, like, it's who I am. As in 
you're a person as yeah. opposed to gay. As in, like, it's just a label, right, yeah. isn't it? For... He, actually, he got in contact with Akon. Have you heard of Akon? No. They're in Mayfield, Islington. Islington. And it's a bit of a, you can go in there for, they give you condoms. LGBT friendly. Oh, right, okay. They give you Great. AIDS tests, oh, they wow. give you STI okay. oh, tests. So you thought to do that yourself? Well, at school, because I went to, and I needed an LTI, it's like work experience. Oh, right, okay. And I wanted to do something with the LGBT okay. community. Yeah, right. So the wow. teacher told me to ring him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, why we're here, I might need some help coming out to mum. Cause she thinks it's for attention. Cause that's what Mum thought. Yeah, but not attention. I don't. You know. did, cause Mum was well, going to get my hair cut. Can... Yeah. And he was like, "Come in, come bring your mum, and we'll talk." Oh wow! So you went as well. So yeah. I was like, "Mum, we have a meeting with Acon." I had the right, mo- wow. The most the concept with gender and sexuality sexuality kind of thought okay then because he wanted to have his hair cut short right that was ages ago and i said oh my god no like no you're confused you don't know you know and how old were you then then 13 13. so around that usual sort of yeah did you get a period then yes yes yeah i got him in year six oh so even before then yeah yeah right okay yeah and they were that was shocking because it's just when when I transitioned and had my period, it just reminded me that I was a girl. Right. And every time I would go to the toilet, I would just get really distressed. Right. I wouldn't want to shower. I just hated it. Of course. How does it feel for you now? Like, is it exciting or is it is it scary the process? Exciting. It's exciting. Yeah, it is. Because for that amount of time, you've wanted to do that. Yeah. Or felt uncomfortable. Did you feel uncomfortable in yourself, in yeah. your body? I still do. You still do? Yeah, when I look in the mirror, I just go, ill. <laughs> I just, I just want to be in a boy's body. Well, it makes me emotional. <laughs> oh, there will be tears, yeah, right. I'm telling you. Oh, yeah, it's total. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I think for me that that emotion is, is a happiness because mm. I love that you and other people that get to do this get to do this because otherwise you live a life the way you felt well you're not quite there yet obviously but how you well alive but also uncomfortable like feeling Mm. yeah like like not you they call it gender dysphoria yeah Mm. yeah i read that actually and his was pretty severe severe yeah yeah did you have to have you had therapy do you talk to someone yeah counselors and everything about Mm. it all psychiatrists psychiatrists yeah yeah psychologists psychologists yeah social workers it's all got to be um legitimately through the psychiatrist too is that right so, yeah, so you can't so do it otherwise no, without no, their giving no. permission their permission because you're underage yeah is that why and there's yeah. only one psychiatrist in the area right and she only takes a certain amount of people oh wow i think so, she's going to open a workload because there's so many now is that right yeah there's um at the john hunter through the pediatric part which is what he's still under um, the nurse told me the other day when we were talking that they've now got 140 children. Like, 
and most of them are doing this. So what they try to, what they're doing, is they're grabbing the ones that are that are that little bit older mm -hmm. to stop their natural puberty. puberty. Yeah, right. Trying to get them like, yeah, because Caden has been through female puberty. Yeah, but now trying to put him like putting him through male puberty. Oh, is that? And so that's what they do. So you're yeah. on testosterone. Testosterone. As yeah. well as your hormone blockers. Mm -hmm. And right, okay. So period stops. Mm -hmm. So that's it's good. It's stopped for a good couple of months now. So you're happy about that? Yeah, yeah heaps happy. Well, that's good. And I get top surgery on Tuesday. I know, right. Yeah, yeah. And I just can't wait to look in the mirror and to see, boy, flat. flat. Yeah, right, wow. Because it's like, if I don't look flat, like, now, I'm just trying to get over the bit where, like, how do you explain it? that I'm getting them off soon and that's very overwhelming and exciting and to be able to just chuck a singlet on and go out and pass as a boy right. means a lot. I bet it does. It's yeah. not something I could even comprehend. I mean, I, you know, try to be understanding and empathetic. I'm not even empathetic really because you can't when you've not experienced it, mm. you know, like it's, that's what I mean about wanting to you know so much more awareness needs to be raised and we need as a community to understand more so we can be more compassionate i think mm. you know towards people who are mm. transgender because it's just it is i mean gay is obviously one thing because we know a bit more about that and that has been Mm. I mean, it's still obviously not accepted by a lot of people. It's not like we've broken fully the back or barrier on that one either. Mm. But obviously having gay marriage it now at least passed and everything helps. But I know that it's still not, you know. But that's a di it's like different again, isn't it? And, it's, mm. and, and now you're talking about all these, so many more people mm. coming out, which is great, obviously. And there's so many more services and facilities to help not enough in Newcastle. I was going to say Newcastle. I was going to mm. ask about the challenges you face. We're pretty lucky, you know, because it is. It's not. It's not like Newcastle's a country town. It's the sixth biggest city in Australia. But even so, it's different too. If you're in a bigger city, have you found yeah. that? Have you had? Has have people been hard on you at times? Have you experienced that at school? And mm -hmm. well, I've never been to a mainstream school as a boy. Okay. I've only been, like, as Caitlin. I got bullied in the seven, right. but not because of that. Oh. It was mainly because, like, I was hanging with this one girl who didn't have many friends. And I was just an easy target. So I got bullied then. And then Mum pulled me out of that yeah, school. Right. Thought that Christian life would be easier for me and more accepting that was all right to start off with mm. in that year eight after he you know was searching himself and thought he was bisexual um one day he texted me from school and said that the support one of the support teachers would like to contact me but he wanted to come home and talk to me first and i went okay then so i picked him up at the bus stop and he just got in the car and went I'm not going back to that hellhole mm -hmm. and I went okay what's going on so this he'd been back to school in the January and this was the 28th of May wow it was just ostrac 
ostracized mm. from everyone and everything. Sit in a little classroom by himself, eating his Reese's. Yeah, that's horrific. Anyway, I said, you don't have to go back. Mm. You're not going back. So, um, long story short, they wanted money, money, money. Yeah, right. Told them they weren't going to get any. Um, we've got a friend who's a barrister. Yeah, right. She did some homework for us and wrote us a nice letter because when the vote yes, this was around the time oh, the vote okay. yes yeah, was coming. right, right. The principal of the school had apparently got in contact with a lot of the who went to the same churches and emailed the parents saying to vote no. So thank God this barrister did because we thought like a duty of care. Nobody knew where Caden was. He'd go into a classroom. The people would pick up a, the table and the chair to move away from him. Um, we didn't know any of this. So this was from January to the May. And he was going to school and copping all that and you didn't on say his anything own. No. To mum and dad? No. no. Because you... It was just... I just didn't want them to feel bad. Yeah, yeah right. 18 wow. months. 18 months onwards. Oh, right. He was getting text messages from students at the school. You gay, right? We don't do that. Um... <laughs> Oh, my God, yeah. That's the, and that is the problem with technology, isn't it? I mean, sorry, it's yes. not the problem with technology. It's a problem, full stop. Yep. Mm. And then technology exacerbates that problem because they can get to you still. Yeah. Whereas without that, you're gone. Absolutely. That's it. Absolutely. But it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't change the experience that you had to go through every day for those months. How did you cope with that then? You're pretty young. How did you deal with that day in, day out, going and feeling ostracised like that? And Well, I didn't really cope. I just got up, went to school, came home, sat in my bedroom, and then it got to the point where I started self-harming. Okay, right. And then just little ones on my arm. Yep. And then one night I was doing something... And I reached up, and my sister saw him. Right. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and then we went to the hospital. We got all of that sorted. They explained self-harming better. I thought self-harming was you want to kill yourself. I didn't really no. get it. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've had it explained. But yeah, would you like to explain? It's more, for me, it's to numb myself. Yeah. Because of the pain that I'm feeling is too much. Yeah. I want to concentrate on another pain. Mm. So yeah. I did that. Yeah. Some people drink, some people take mm. drugs, some people other things. That's just another way to numb mm-hmm. pains. But on a more severe level, like, obviously, because mm. it probably hurts. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. And that, that started the whole thing with um, you go to the emergency department. Right. Then they get... So a doctor sees you, but then they also get the psychiatrists in, yep. who then decide if you need more help. Yeah. Um, and that was our first ever um, introduction into it. Yeah. Because you can go on with your. Oh yeah, and then I just got because I was born in the wrong body. I just got so sick of life. 
I didn't have many friends. School was too hard. And I just wanted to end it. So the first ever time Jesus. I took an overdose. Right. On my prescription medication. So I could die. And I went up and told mum that I couldn't do it anymore. I'm done. I'm done with life. So I told her she she was having a shower. Mum, sorry, um, just can't even imagine as a parent. I told her, and she was like, "Ring the ambulance! Ring the ambulance!" She was screaming. I'm like, "No, don't! I want to die." Everybody at the back of the lord. <laughs> Whatever Vom- you do, in the backyard, screaming. So I ran away. All right. Because and then I felt it kicking in, so I just laid there. And then my sister came running down, and I just kept running. And then I couldn't run anymore because I needed to vomit. I need my mouth was right. And then I just laid there, and that's all I really remember. And then you went to hospital. And then I went to hospital. And you're here. Yeah. And what happened? We went to the ED again, where they monitor you first physically, and then you back in contact with the psychiatrists and then they decide whether you're safe or and you decide with them whether you can come home right or um he wasn't safe he didn't want to come home he knew he'd try it again very shortly after that one right so they there's a place at the john hunter hospital called nexus i'm not really sure how old the children are how old do you, can you be? You can be five up to 18. Five, to, yeah. Wow. And it's like a big, safe place. You go it's there amazing. if you're not feeling safe. Right. Or if you want to kill yourself, you get... And it's basically... It's it's a 12-bed unit. Oh, right, okay. And it's, and it's basically just, like a jail, yeah. jail cell. There's no. Oh right, okay. It's not a good yeah. place to be. There's, well, no. There's no door handles. Oh, right. Um, you pack a bag for them to take what they want in. If there's any strings, shoelaces, all that's got to be taken yeah, out right. of everything. Well, um, How long are you there for? The first time. I was there for like two weeks. Nearly two weeks. Yeah. Because it was my first time over there, they had to put me through the computer so they know me and Work you we had to have meetings, yeah. medication. So obviously in there you can't yeah. harm, so well, you're sitting I, in... You can, you can still do it if you find a way. Sure. But yeah. like, oh yeah, I found like, I talked to people and I found out how to do it in there. Oh, okay. So I right. tried it in oh, there. Oh, you did try it in there, right. Because I was wondering how you deal with the pain when you really can't actually do any of that, when yeah. you're just in a room, but you can find ways. So. Mm, yeah. I, I went in there to visit, and before you go into the doors, like it's all security, you've got it. Right, I bet. Yeah, cameras yeah. and who you're here to see, and you sign in and you sign out. And Anyway, he's social worker that day, or the nurse. Before I went in, she came out and she... Uh, actually, we had been on the phone having a chat. Right. And um, it got a bit heated. And right. I told him I'd be up there when I could get up there. Anyway, when I did get up there, she said what happened on the phone. Because apparently he had... He ended the phone call by hanging up on me. 
and then going into his room. So she gave him five minutes and let her shut their bedroom doors in there or anything and then she walked in after him. And he had uh, um, his, it was winter, and his winter pyjamas he had was like a pull-on jumper and apparently he was trying to hang himself with the sleeve of the pyjama jacket. It didn't work. No. Again, <laughs> somebody wanted you here. And <laughs> again. And again and again and again. Overdose, right. self-harm, hospital, nexus again. Right, wow. Wow, what a torturous time for you all. You, the most, like, mm -hmm. feeling that. Is that common for people going through what you went through, though? Because it is confusing or not confusing is the point. Yeah. Or is it confusing? Not now. No, right. Because that's who I want to be. I'm a man. But it was to start off with... And then that's what got me kind of distressed because I didn't know what I wanted. And then if I, when I found out that I was a man and I always had been a man, right? like being in the body that I'm in, kills me. Mm. And I just didn't want to be there anymore. Mm. And his last overdose, it was a promise. You know, don't... Oh, actually, was it the last visit to Nexus? Mm -hmm. There was a um, nurse in there who's a social worker who comes... Who's basically... What does she call herself? A... Non-binary. Non-binary. Okay, right. So you know what that means? I mean, I think so. People that don't identify at all with any gender, is yeah. that right? Yeah. yeah. That would yeah. be my guess, but I, <laughs> I don't like to assume that I know anything. So Caden chatted to her. Okay. They, them, sorry. Right, right they, yeah. I find it hard saying they. I know, it's different. Because you say yeah. they, not of course. like you don't call a person they, <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we're called into a meeting at the John Hunter um, in the Nexus Ward. They brought up the endocrinologist nurse. Oh, right, okay. And my husband and I were there, mm -hmm. and, yeah, they said, do you realise Caden is possibly transgender? He told us how he was feeling. Um, they told us where we could go from there, um, which was appointments with endocrinologists and finding the the psychiatrist that is really working her way through the trans community in Newcastle. Right. So, and, and luckily, really luckily, you've really got to have finance behind you. Oh, yeah. As I had, well. I hadn't even thought about that yep. component. Yep. That's why our journey has mm. been, I mean, yes, with the, you know, the um, committing suicide and not wanting to be here... It got to the point where my husband and I sat down with him and went, especially me, hey, dude, I gave you life. And I gave it to you in the wrong gender. But you're not taking that life. Let me make you a man. Oh, God, that's amazing. <laughs> Just don't take that life away from me.
Wow. And we're on board. What a powerful moment. On board. Wow. So that was part one with Caden and his mum. And part two will be out next week. In the meantime, as I said, make sure to share it around. Like, love, support. It's a very brave young man and his amazing family. And I hope you have a great week in between. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm always so grateful for all of the listens and the support. And take care. Have a good week. Bye.